Hello everybody, welcome back to Not Another Isekai, and more anime every week. Um, yeah, we got some this week, uh, getting real close, say it every week, I'll keep saying it <laughs> until it's over. Uh, but yeah, some of these shows we only have like three episodes left, so yeah, pretty close, pretty, pretty close. Um... Yeah, good stuff. I'm trying to think of any like no no delays finally. <laughs> First week I feel like in like a month where we haven't had any episodes be delayed and hopefully that's true for the rest so that we can just move all the rest of these out, you know? Finish them up to the conclusion. Um also gearing towards next season, right? So that would be uh summer, right? Yeah. Summer twenty twenty three. So getting uh getting interested in that. But uh yeah. Let's get into it. Villain Saga, Season 2, Episode 22. Um, this one was, you know, we got a little bit of Thorfinn, right? Thorfinn kind of showing uh, his uh, his resilience. And then conversation with Canute. So, uh, yeah, I, I really like this episode because, um, you know, I like the one line he says. This isn't verbatim, but he does ask uh he does kind of question snake and he's like you know did you did you put in all the effort you could into trying to resolve this with just words because you know snake comes over to him snake and uh omar <clears throat> finally get there you know because they were they were trying to get there to uh to like say hey we surrender and um he's like what are you doing he's like he's like super mad right and he's like what are you doing this is crazy but you know, and then he says, hey, you know, we're, we, we had to war, <laughs> you know, we, we, you know, we had to do sword on sword because, you know, if this could have been resolved with words, we would have done that already. We tried all that stuff. Right. And then Thorfinn claps back and says that he's like, did you really try, you know? And, you know, I, I like this new evolution of Thorfinn, you know, we talked about it all season, but you know, as much as I love the, like, killer, <laughs> you know, the, like, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, another word, just, you know, you know, just warrior, warrior Thorfinn, as much as I love him from season one, um, this kind of refurbished Thorfinn is pretty cool, too, you know, he, he's super against war, um, you know, and so for, you know, for him to, you know, come back with that and say, hey, did we really do everything we could have, you know, and then, and even beyond that, you know, a little bit further down the line, you know, he, he, he talks about how, like, um, we just met today, there's no reason for us to hate each other, you know, him, him talking to the rest of the army, right, because it's just like, I don't know any of you people, none of you know me, why are we fighting each other, why are we killing each other, like, this, this beef isn't between us, it's between Kettle and Canute, um, you know, and then, you know, he makes some kind of joke about them playing some sort of game, I don't know what kind of game it is, Imagine it's like a board game or something. Um, but he's like, you know, it's 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 their beef. You know, why are why are we fighting? Why are we shedding our blood, losing loved ones? You know, other loved ones out there are never gonna see their their father or their brother or their son ever again because of these two people who have beef with each other. Um, it's a very interesting way to look at it, right? Um, you know, they're obviously like professional soldiers. They they chose to do this. You know, they they chose to fight for their their king. 
or their master, I guess, in, in Kettle's sake. Um, but yeah, yeah, I do really like that. You know, I wonder where exactly that's going to go. Um, you know, we do have, uh, you know, towards the end of the episode when, you know, Thorfinn and Canoe have their little conversation. Um, I like the, the realization on everyone on Canute's side where they talk about how Thorfinn is the one who gave Canute his scar. It's like, oh, that's like a big thing. I thought that was cool. Um, we do see also, this is something I was wondering the whole season. I don't know if we knew about this. I don't think we did. Um, you know, could, but, you know, there's a big question of like, how did Thorfinn become a slave? Um, and we see that, you know, it, it's confirmed here. Again, I don't know if this is a reconfirm, if we already knew this and we just forgot, or I definitely forgot. But, um, you know, we see that it was Canute that, that made him a slave. I don't exactly know why. It doesn't really explain it here. Um, I don't know if it's just for the the scar, which I don't really think, you know, unless it was just to, to, to like, save face. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Um, but, yeah, we see that that's, that's how that began. That's how that came to be. Um, yeah, and then he, and then Canoe has this whole thing about, uh, you know, building a paradise would be a rebellion against God, basically saying that, like, this is what humans do, this is what he created us to do, um, you look all throughout history, this is what we've always done, um, you know, so my little thing about wanting to build the paradise, never gonna happen, and not only is it never gonna happen, it never should happen, um, just like a complete opposite view as to what Thorfinn has, um, you know, and it was also really funny because the dude, um, has like the bandage over his eye, um, not the eye patch guy <laughs> that Thorfinn was fighting, the other guy, um, when he was talking to Thorfinn, he was like, you should, you know, when you talk to the king, you'll, you know, you'll see what is in his heart, and I think, and I guess this is kind of what he was talking about, um, again, you know, just like super opposite from, you know, whatever Thorfinn, wants to do um you know war is super unnecessary and you know canoe from his point of view you can say oh well he he kind of feels the same way um you know you know he just sees that as like more of a a necessary evil um but again thorfinn and even anr coming in there as well coming in real hot they're like no i don't i don't you know i don't think that's true i think there are ways we can go about this i think there are ways that you could you know make the world a better place without war um, so again, just like two completely opposite uh, competing principles, uh, which is which is unfortunate. And then you know, at the end of the day, says I I I'm gonna need this farm. <laughs> so there's no way he's leaving. So that, that, that's where it kind of ends. Um, you know, again, I really like a lot of the you know the different characters' ideologies are you know kind of came out in this episode. Um, you know, not necessarily for the first time, but um, all out in the open. So we know where everyone is at, right? Um, you know, so I, I really like that. And then, um, yeah, and then it kind of just ends with sort of a cliffhanger, um, you know, sort of just leaving us with something to ponder where it's like, I wonder how this is going to go, you know, because Canute's not backing down. Um, he's superior, you know, he's, he, he has a superior army, superior force. If they wanted to, they could just decimate everyone here doesn't really want to do that but you know so now i feel like the ball is kind of in thorfinn's court or in kettle's court um i mean we already know though that like kettle <laughs> i mean omar is coming there to surrender so it's like 
is still gonna do that i mean thorfinn thorfinn doesn't want to surrender we know that that's why he came over here he wants peace which is different than surrendering uh, i just don't think they're gonna get that but I, I also don't think that that thorfinn's gonna go into warrior mode and just be like all right you said i you, you said i gotta kill everyone say less <laughs> You know, I don't. I don't think that's gonna tie. That's that's the type of time that he's on. So, and again, I think there's only two more episodes, maybe three. I don't. I don't remember if this is a 24 episode or 25 episode uh, season. I guess. I mean, it's it's two cores, but um, I don't remember. So, two to three more episodes left. Only so much can happen in two to three episodes, especially where we are right now with the story. So it's like. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Very very excited to see how this how this kind of wraps up, and then um. <clears throat> I'm not familiar with the source material with the manga. I believe the manga is over. I believe the manga ended like, relatively recently, right? Like a couple years ago, something like that. Um. I would think that there's more manga than the last few episodes of the season. So it'd be, it'd be really cool to see like kind of how this wraps up and then how they set up more story to be like where, you know, because where can kind of Thorfinn go from here? Obviously, we haven't seen where he ends here. Um, so we can only make, you know, uh, so, so good of, of a, you know, of a quality of a guess. But um, yeah, good stuff. Next, we got Hell's Paradise, episode 10. Um this one was pretty cool. We were learning more about, about Tao. It's kind of the big thing here. Um, and yeah, that was, that was really kind of the only thing that we have a bunch of other stuff surrounding it, right? So just just some highlights. Um, I do like that the other two characters that came in, don't remember their names, they are agreeing to help Gabimaru. Gabimaru is very smart. He's like, hey, why don't we, you know, why don't I try to get them to work with, uh, with, to, to work with me? Because he spent, right, just like physically he spent, he just fought off a, a Tenson and won almost didn't win but won um it's now and, and you know and it all always comes back to his main goal which is finding the elixir he doesn't really care about the elixir he just cares about finding it so that he can get back to his wife right so um you know and you know and this also proves more and more that he's not just a weapon right you know you know i feel like in other stories a character like this could just be a tool, could just be a weapon, doesn't think for themselves. That's probably how he was when he was a shinobi, which, you know, I believe is a one of the big reasons why he, why he left, because, you know, that was kind of causing uh, turmoil. <laughs> um, but him kind of sitting there <clears throat> and, jeez. And like thinking through this and be like, okay, I could, I could use their help. I could use their knowledge, um, you know, and also just physically skill wise, it'd be nice to have, you know, a nice little crew, especially when I'm trying to like save this, this like young girl, she might have information. So we gotta keep her safe, all that good stuff. Um, and then, if, you know, speaking to her, she does grow up a little bit, very strange, probably has something to do with the, with with the Tao <laughs> or the the I, I forget what word they use it's like it's like Tad 
or something like that. Um, you know, like, like stuff that uh, that the Tencent drink. Something to do with that. I know she like feeds off because you know she was also able to use the like force power uh, when she used it against Gabimaru a few a couple episodes ago. So she's older now. I don't know how that exactly works, but then she can speak. Not super helpful. She does sort of try to explain the Tao stuff. Um, we do cut back to a couple other groups that are explaining it much better than she is. So that's how we get our full understanding as of this point as to what it is. Um, it, it you know it is kind of like yin and yang. Um, I don't it just, again doesn't really go super in depth into. It. I'm still not 100% sure like exactly how it works, but it is this thing where if they're able to kind of harness that the the power of that, they might be able to beat the Tensin, get to the elixir, and have the happy ending that we're all hoping for. Um, so that's cool. Um, we have those two brothers who were able to escape the pit, which never happens, ever ever happens. But they're just you know super strong, right? Um, it was really creepy too because there was the uh, the the other humans that were kind of stuck into the wall, like grabbing them and everything, because they're explaining like, oh, they don't want anyone to leave. They want everything to become what they are. So that's why they're maybe subconsciously grabbing at anything that tries to escape. So that was cool. And then we have the introduction of the the doshi which are different than Soshin. Soshin are just the weird, like, uh, Titan stuff. If, you know, if you watch Attack on Titan, or just the the Titans where they're very low intelligence, just kind of moving on instinct. Uh, you know, that that sort of weird, creepy, un, unsettling vibe that all, that all Titans have. Um, well, not like intelligent Titans, right? Because then we, well, you know, don't want to spoil anything. But yeah, so... Doshi, though, are their intelligent counterpart where they can think, they can, you know, they do have sentience. Um, yeah. Also super strong, sort of immortal as well, you know, because you, you, know, you look at Soshin and it's like they get defeated pretty easily by these guys and they don't seem to super regenerate from what I've seen. Whereas Doshi are, I think, closer to Tenson, um, you know, because in, you know, in this scene, the brother like rips off his arm <laughs> and he's able to grow back so that was cool um and then he looks at the cliffhanger cliffhanger at the very end where, where doshi does jab the one brother right through the chest and the cliffhanger so i suppose we're we're, we're led to kind of question is he dead was that it you know because they can't regenerate although there was a question of did that brother feed on the elixir, right, or, or whatever, the the tower, the whatever, right, um, you know, because he was, like, abnormally fast and abnormally strong, um, you know, so that kind of goes back a slightly further back to, uh, maybe he was, like, eating some of the, uh, well, I mean, earlier, when we first got introduced to him, we did see a lot of him eating the Soshin, like for food, you know, as if they're animals. And maybe he was also eating some of the people that were in the pit, which maybe he was able to feed on some of the elixir that way. Um, so maybe he did, you know, you know, maybe that is uh, the, like the, you know, the weird thing that we're going to come back to next episode where it's like, oh, he did, you know, he's not like a full tensin or anything like that. But, um, you know, he does have like super increased strength and speed and maybe some regenerative abilities. 
um, which would be pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, and then we do have another thing. Um, Gabimaru and his little crew that he has there, they're fighting a bunch of Soshin, but we do see a Doshi kind of in the very back. So I wonder how that's going to play into it if, you know, that Doshi is also going to try to reason with them, be like, hey, uh, we can talk this out, you know, we don't need to. But at the end of the day, I feel like there is no, like, <laughs> verbal uh, agreement that they're going to come to. Because Gabi Myron's people are like, no, we're going to the elixir. We're going to get that. That's that's our goal. There's nothing you can say to, like, persuade us off of that. Like, that's what we need, especially Gabi Maru. Uh, but then we also have the the other guy, the, like, really big guy that's like, I want to be immortal. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, cool. You, uh, selfish reason, but okay. So, yeah, good stuff. Enjoyed that episode. That, that was fun. Uh, yeah, only a couple more episodes left, so we'll see exactly how this ends. Again, not familiar with the source material. Don't know if this is just going to cover everything. Um, yeah, you know, it, it'll be nice to see more Tencent, more Tencent fight. And uh, yeah, it'll also be cool to see everyone meet up, kind of have this one big battle. So, yeah. Next we got Konosuba, an explosion on this wonderful world. Um, not too much here, I guess. I didn't really write too much down, but... Um, you know, this does play a lot into what we know, uh, you know, what we learned when we first met Megumin um, in the main show, in the main Konosuba show, uh, where this whole episode is pretty much just her trying to find a party and can't find a party, right? Which it makes perfect sense. I mean, I would kind of feel the same way where it's like, as a person, she's kind of cool and kind of interesting, maybe kind of fun to be around, but she's, she's not useful, <laughs> You know, she's useful in like a, like, she's very particular, you know, I think Union, was it Union who, who mentions this? Maybe someone else mentions it too, but it's just like, you're good in very particular situations, you know, like if there's, if we're going on a quest to defeat monsters or something or defeat like one big bad then you're great because you can just use your explosion magic take them all out boom 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 you know but with all this other stuff you know like with uh with just like a some sort of hunter gatherer type quest and we might run a, you know you might come across some some very minor inconveniences there's nothing you can really do to help um and that's not really fair, especially if you're a beginning adventurer, you know, you can only get certain quests and then are you just, are we just allowing you to sit out on like 90% of our quests just because you're super useful in the 10% or even 5% of like super huge quests that we get? That's not really fair. So overall, you're a adventurer that doesn't really fit into any group. Eventually, she does fit into a group. But, oh, and also speaking of the, of, of, of the eventually fitting into a group, um, we do see darkness. Um, we see darkness there. She's way too eager to keep getting uh, blasted <laughs> by the, the, like, slime goo monsters. So, very in line with her character. Um, it's cool, you know. You know, it's cool when, when shows do this where it's like, you know, we don't need characters from the main show to be main characters here. We just hear of Aqua a little bit. We briefly see darkness, so that's that's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, 
it also makes a lot of sense because you know I, I feel the same way where it's like i don't know that i would want megumi to my party either especially as just like a beginner adventure it's like i'm not gonna be getting any quests anytime soon where you can be helpful you know um i would think from a very <laughs> objective point of view i think megumi should learn some other smaller spells just to kind of you know be helpful in other situations just kind of use them but in her mind she's like no can't do it can't do it i mean are there not any any like small explosion magic spells <laughs> just do like little little small explosions maybe those can kind of you know like a grenade or something like a grenade size of an explosion you know not not an explosion has to take down half the forest right is there anything like that you can maybe learn be kind of cool um but we know from her story obviously we've seen the past 10 episodes i was like no she doesn't want to do that because exploded magic saved her life it really made her want to become uh a crimson demon like a a, a, a master mage or whatever so it's tough you know um yeah and then just at the very end we see that megumin makes the smart decision and she teams up with union they're gonna have a little temporary party so uh yeah I'm sure that'll work out very nice. I'm sure I'm sure that won't be Union doing 90% of the work because she can actually use magic. So, we'll see. Uh, very excited to see how this ends, though. There's only a couple more episodes. Um, again, I'm very interested to see. Since this is a prequel, as this plan is only one season, you know, because if this plan is only one season, like a little mini-series type thing, um, I imagine it will end pretty close to where Konosuba, the main show, starts, where it's like her meeting her group, right, with the, with, you know, the main party in Konosuba, um, but I don't know, I, mean, I don't know if that's what they have planned, so we'll see. <clears throat> Next, we got My Love Story with Yamada Kuna, level 999, episode 10, um, yeah, this is more and more, um, again, we're just getting every episode, getting closer and closer to Yamada and Akane, I think, be, you know, kind of becoming a thing. Um, this is the whole, like, hospital sickness episode. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, so, um, we, we do learn a little bit more about Yamada. Um, we saw, like, some flashbacks of this before, but I do, like, a little bit, you know, a little bit deeper into it. We see that, you know, he did make a a girl cry when he was younger. Um, you know, basically it was like... It was, um... There was this girl who got, like, bullied a lot. And, uh, you know, she, like, clung to him. You know, she clinged, clung. You know, she felt, like, safe with him. And, you know, there she was, like, you know, he's, like, his only friend and whatever. <coughs> And so, uh, you know, super close. And then she had to leave. Oh my gosh. But then like she had to leave. Um, and I think like he just said something. I mean, just the fact of her leaving, you know, that was like a big deal, right? Um, you know, not, not going to be with them anymore, wondering about, like, what the future's going to hold, all that stuff. Um, you know, but then he kind of 
had his <clears throat> his like very <clears throat> very like Yamada um you know like answer <laughs> you know where he's like very blunt and uh you know, he doesn't really catch on to certain things very well um you know especially like social things and social cues and all that stuff um so you know it just came off as kind of blunt and like he doesn't really care i guess um and so it kind of made her cry and that's kind of stuck with him his whole life <laughs> which is you know that's a unfortunate you know it's an unfortunate weight to carry on you you know their whole life which i don't know man i mean you're young you say dumb things. It happens, you know. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily indicative of like who you are as a person. Um, and even if it is or was, doesn't mean you can't grow. Doesn't mean you can't be better. Doesn't mean you can't learn, right? Um, <clears throat> you know, so that kind of makes him why he is with people, especially other girls. Um, but yeah, which is so funny because I feel like it's it's juxtaposed so heavily with how he is towards Akane, where we, you know, we, we cut back to what's happening in the moment, and he did, you know, save Akane, you know, he saved her, you know, collapsed in the bike rack, brought her home, taking care of her, realizing that, oh, she's way worse, bring you to the hospital, bring you back home, you're doing well, well, better, not well, but better, and so it's just like, you, you do care, you, you know, you do know how to care, you know, it might be, a little different for you might not be you know you may not show your emotions same way other people do but not everyone's the same you know uh yeah so yeah I, I i think this is great you know i think that i mean e even the fact that you cared enough i mean you didn't have to do as much as you did does you care enough i mean not only shows how much you care about akane but also how much you just are capable of caring about other people where, you know, look back to what you did as a kid, and it's like, oh, you didn't really care, it wasn't really, it meant nothing to me, it meant nothing to him, whatever, um, it's different, it's a, it's a different situation, and you can be a different person, um, so, uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it there with that episode, um, I do like, Akane has a, has a bunch of books to, to cope with heartache, <laughs> you know, because with the whole, uh, Going like break up with her with her last boyfriend. Um, I just thought that was funny, and then uh, Yamada helps her with a leg cramp at the end, um, and then kind of gets put into a little bit of a awkward position at the end with them. You know, when they're both on on the bed and her kind of backing up very very hastily, um, and that's where kind of it cuts. So, um, you know, I don't know if we're gonna get any more of that. Well, I mean, we do see a little bit, uh, I mean, there's like a post-credit thing where he leaves, she kind of reaches for him, leaves, so, you know, again, you know, we are getting those, those feelings, um, I can't wait for it, I can't wait, man, we're getting closer, I mean, this is another classic type of episode when it comes to these, like, slice of life, romance -y type shows, where one character helps another character when they're sick, it, it, it it's always present, <laughs> In, in these types of shows. So we're, we're just getting more and more of these puzzle pieces coming together. 
only, you know, like I said, two, three episodes left. So it's all, it's all coming together. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I just think they, they work really well together. They, you know, they both are very, uh, very odd individuals in their, in their own ways. Um, and yeah, it's very nice. So nice little episode here. Good stuff. Next, we got Skip and Loafer episode 10. One of my favorite episodes, uh, shows this season, possibly my favorite show this season. Uh, Skip and Loafer episode 10. Uh, yeah, this one was all about the, the play, the acting, um, delving a little bit deeper into Shima of the Life. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which I like, you know, that's kind of what I've said a lot, where it's like, okay, you know, we have Mitsumi, who's the main character, so we know a lot about her, right? But Shima is the other main character, and I feel like we don't know too much. You know, I, I keep saying we're trying to, like, peel back his character. And, um, you know, I think this episode does a lot of that. And I think it's good that we learn a lot of it, because I think that we're going to kind of ride that for these last couple episodes. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Um, <clears throat> so we have Shima, super paranoid, and just a great act in the play, which is so relatable. <laughs> you just kind of get pressured into something. He's like, ah, oh, I can't say no. Um, so he, he's acting in the play. Um, me to me, on the other hand, while, you know, Shima's kind of dealing with all this, me to me is just dealing with saying yes to everything and trying to help everyone. Uh, she really wants to though, you know, I don't think it's one of those things where she's being used by other people. I just think it's, she's, she's volunteering for everything. It's like, Hey, you don't really have to do that, but she really wants to because this festival is a big deal for her. Um, and yeah, she just wants to make the most of it, you know? Um, but she looks super tired. She's exhausted. She's ragged. So, so Shima and Mitsumi both kind of dealing with their own things, right? Um, we get back to the, 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 the peeling back of Shima's character. And I like, we see a little flashback of him when he was young. We see some kind of family trouble. Mom and the dad have a little bit of a fight. Um, and then Shima comes out to kind of console the mom. And she try, you know, he tries to distract her with how well he was memorizing his lines. He starts reciting them, glances over to his mom. The mom looks happy. She's smiling. He resumes his lines more confidently, um, more just joyously, right? And so that little scene right there tells so much, right? Where it's like, okay, so clearly he had trouble at home. Um, his parents went through a rough patch. Maybe his parents eventually got divorced. Um, that's tough. And then we see, you know, because, you know, you know, he already kind of mentioned it earlier where he was like, Oh, you know, I act a lot, you know, you know, because I always seem to make my mom happy. And so we see proof of that right there, where she has seen of that happening, where, um, you know, where his mom is happy, where she's like, oh, you're just doing so good, you're very impressive, whatever. Um, you know, so that, that makes a lot of sense as to where it's like, okay, I kept acting because I made my mom happy because, and, you know, in turn, that made me happy. It made me happy to see my mom happy, um, you know, kind of kept everything light. And we'd have to worry about the different sad moments that were happening in life. So, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it also makes a lot of sense as to why he might want to quit. 
after a certain time because maybe those you know while the acting was a happy thing to cover up the sadness because that's what it was used for it will always be inherently linked to that sadness so it's like eventually that might kind of build and build and build in the background to the point where it's like i don't want to do this anymore you know maybe this is a turning point you know maybe he's already gone through all of that maybe now he's gonna start acting again you know with the help of mitsumi as the main character having the main character effect on all the other characters around them maybe they'll get back into it we'll see um and we have a scene where mitsumi acts a little bit with shima which i thought was very cute um you know made made her feel a lot better because she was super down the dumps um getting super tired about everything letting people down and then also um having shima there seemingly taking time out of his day with him also having a lot of stuff on his mind with the whole having to act thing and then using that time instead of trying to work through what he's going through to help her out so now she feels super guilty right but acted with her made her feel better a nice little light moment um yeah yeah and then we kind of end it all with her being like hey you know i i'm the kind of i'm the type of person that falls on my face a lot but that means i am an expert in picking myself back up you know dusting myself off and getting back to it and um you know that that really resonates with shima uh you know you know i think for maybe a couple different reasons right where you know you don't have to worry about me sort of thing um maybe just kind of like a a a a life lesson where it's like hey you might fail at things but that just means that you'll be able to get back up and try again or get back up and it's okay that wasn't for me let's put my energy somewhere else you know losing failing falling on your face it's not always a bad thing at the end of the day it doesn't have to be a bad thing it doesn't have to be a hundred percent uh negative right um so um and you know and just like the confidence that she exudes um in that statement which is funny because she has confidence talking about her failing failing period right you know i think that maybe resonates with him as well which is like you know after all of this how can she be so positive you know can that kind of hits his own life right um so a lot, a lot of different things that are again meets me being the main character has that effect on the other characters but um you know i do just really like all of that um you know i i you know i do hope that that, that hits him enough um, you know, I do want to learn more about this whole Ririka stuff. And, uh, yeah, you know, I just hope, just like everything, especially the whole like, slice of life stuff, I just hope everyone ends happy, <laughs> you know. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. Next, we got Heavenly Delusion, episode 11. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> There's just, like, I feel like, I feel like every episode... We just have more questions. <laughs> like, what is happening? What is... Why is... Why? You know? There's so many things here. Like, this whole episode is just questions. You know? And this is one of those shows where it's like, okay. Is it going to end in a satisfying way? You know, I think that's the biggest, like, most, like, meta question that... 
that us viewers can ask is going to end in a satisfying way because I feel like every episode does add more and more questions that we didn't necessarily need or want or ask for, but now we have them and now we have to deal with them. So it's like, is it going to end in a way that answers all these questions? Again, this is a season. I don't know. You know, most likely uh, the source material is not covered with only one season, so that's okay. You know, we don't need everything answered. Actually, there's another season, you know, all that, all that stuff, right? Or if there's just more story, maybe this show doesn't get a second season, but there is more story to be told. Um, but like, there, there's something that's like Tokyo's having a baby, you know? That, that's, that's like a big thing where it's like, okay, what's going to happen there? There's something going to happen with Tokyo. She's not really supposed to be having a baby, right? What's going to happen with the baby? <laughs> it was never supposed to happen, right? Like, the, from, from the children baby was never supposed to be produced how did this happen how did the how did, also seemingly cameras everywhere y'all didn't like intervene like there was you know i don't know <laughs> i don't know um then we go to the director and uh she talks a lot there's a lot of stuff happening in this conversation but the thing that i, I plucked out was she's trying to make people immortal i believe um, heavenly delusion, right? The title starts to make more and more sense. Um, trying to make people immortal, I guess. Um, trying to like pick up the human race almost and like push them to heaven. <laughs> okay. So I guess that's what all this is for. I guess the like weird experimentation with these children, you know, and at the very end, the robot does refer to them as Hiriko, which we know we've heard from from Maru and Kiriko. Like the man-eaters that they fight are called Hiriko, so it's like uh, it's like okay, so we have this whole place of man-eaters, okay, which makes sense, okay. And then we have a moment where we where we just have like a three-second cut to this guy walking profile shot turns to the camera and I, I don't know who that is but in my mind i'm like is that the doctor is that the guy that they're trying to find so he's somewhere <laughs> okay um then we have the, the like blue-eyed girl who she can like when she takes her glasses off she can look into your soul it's kind of like cyclops if you're if you ever watched the x-men right he wears his glasses can't hurt you well he can like you know, it's like a shutter thing where you can, you know, turn them on, whatever. Um, takes the glasses off, looks into your soul. You make makes you hallucinate your like worst fear, your worst nightmare, right? So that was a thing. Um, is she the only one that has powers? She just has these weird powers that no one else has. I don't. Okay, and it's interesting, I guess. Um, uh, the main, the, the main girl though, she was able to break the hallucination the second time, which is cool. I don't know if that like leads to anything or that's like indicative of some weird thing that she has going on with her. <sighs> just more questions. Um, and then the very end we have that the, the, uh, there's like this big test coming up. I don't know what it is. I don't know if there are, are they going outside? Um, um. Does it have to do with them being Hiriko? What's going on with the baby? Like, there's just so many, there's just so many things, dude. And you know, it's 
I, I'm, if I'm being honest, I'm, I'm nervous. I feel like I've been nervous the past episode or two. This episode just doesn't reassure me that, like, there's probably, there's one to two episodes left in this entire season. Probably two. It's probably 13 episodes. I'm not confident this is going to end in a way where we finish it and we're like, yeah, that that was a season. <laughs> I'm, I'm just getting more and more convinced that this is going to end in a way where we're like, what? <laughs> and like, that's the feeling that we have where it's like, that didn't really, what? <laughs> you know, because I'm like, are they going to get to the doctor by the end of the season? Are they going to get to like the, the clone person that they got to inject by the end of the season? Are we going to have anything like monumental happen at like the orphanage place? There's only, I believe, two episodes left, you know? So I don't know. It's a lot of questions. <laughs> I just don't think they're going to have answered, but we'll see. Next, we have Demon Slayer, Swordsmith Village Arc, Episode 9. Um, this was cool. This was cool. We have uh, Moichiro finishing up his battle, and then finally, finally, we have Mitsuri coming in, seeing her fight, and well, we'll, we'll get we'll get to it. I have I have some thoughts on on Mitsuri. Um, both Muichiro's fight. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it was cool. Um, Muichiro forced the demon into their true form. I think his, uh, one of the funniest things, just kind of the, the like, through line in this whole fight is, uh, you know, I, Muichiro's personality, I think, perfectly, just, like, perfectly opposes this this demons because this demon is like super showy like wants like wants to talk wants to have feedback wants to elicit a a visual and verbal reaction out of whoever they're fighting um Mujiro just just doesn't give it to him Mujiro is very blunt very very surface level with with their uh you know uh reactions all that stuff right and so just not just not giving the demon what they want. <laughs> I thought it was just, just really funny the whole time. Um, but yeah, and then the Muichiro was just nice. He's just oh, just filthy. Uh, you know, is you know was able to force the uh, demon into true form. Um, demon very powerful, very quick, very good. But I'm always uh, you know I'm always excited to see the the different Hashira fight and just see how dope they are, you know? That's one of the best parts about the about like the battle shonen genre. Is just watching people go up another level and just be like, oh they were not in their final form yet. They were not showing the extent of their strength. And you know, I love this one line that Muichiro has because the demon is like I he says something like I was I was holding back or like I wasn't taking this fight seriously until now now you get to see me take it seriously and now I'm gonna you're no match for me or whatever and then Muichiro does his like seventh art 
missed breathing or whatever um and right before he, he 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 cuts off the head of the demon he says you thought you were the only one not taking this fight seriously Ooh. kidding me right now you kidding me you know i just see the whole like power level stuff you know they've increasing them getting better and better and it's like i wasn't you you thought i was showing you everything i had nah nah you know and just again you know it's you know it's kind of hard to like point out certain moments of a fight because you just kind of watch them and you're just you know enthralled by what's happening but um you know i, I, I just thought that was really fun um you know you know it just shows Muichiro, you know you know that is something you know more and more of what i wanted to see where i was like okay we see Muichiro be nice but we haven't really seen him fight fight you know um you know so for him just to, to show this and the whole like miss thing i thought was really cool um kind of like cloak himself right it's kind of hard for him to see or you know for you know for the demon to see and for him to be like super fast like crazy fast um it was cool you know and then like at the end where he cut off his head and then the demon was still like, okay i gotta assess the situation i gotta you know i gotta go back to uh like muzin or, or whatever the, the the leader's name is i gotta report i gotta tell him what we did and then he sees his own body and he's like whoa um wait i'm decapitated <laughs> what <laughs> like it didn't hit him yet you know i thought, I thought that was cool um yeah we chose nice um and then we get back to to Tanjiro's fight um uh let's see oh oh actually just one last thing um the one the one character brings uh Muichiro the like flame piece of uh or the, the like a uh, fire hash I don't remember his name but you know the we all know the one that died uh, on the you know on the infinity train they brought the one like fire handle piece uh to muichiro uh you know because like like saved his life because he was carrying it um and he was like yeah i, I was carrying it for tanjiro he wanted to keep it safe because he you know he wants this to be on you know on his new sword you know and that like broke muichiro um you know because he just has this like warped outlook on life and like on love and um people caring about other people um rightfully so because what happened in his own life right like some crazy hardships <laughs> and that is as as, as an understatement um you know so for him to have that where it's like you know remembering that character first of all you know we see like a very short flashback and it, you know obviously that fire the, the fire hash rate was like super buddy buddy with everyone super positive super optimistic i mean you know again we saw it a lot in the infinity train arc um and so and, you know, that kind of broke him and then also with like tanjiro caring that much you know and like wanting to um honor him like all those emotions mixing around it's just like and then reminded him and then he had the weird little flashback moment um with his parents and his brother like sitting there while he's laying down like dying <laughs> you know because of the crazy fight he just had it's like it was all too much for him and i'm just like ah oh. again it, it it might be a little cheap i don't know how earned it was but it, it's it does still hit though i think um and then we cut to tanjiro tanjiro gets eaten crushed this is looking like the this is, this is looking like the end for our hero and then mitsuri comes out of nowhere with the clutch save has her super cool uh 
like whip sword. <laughs> um, just slicing up the, the, the like dragon thing like crazy. Um, saves Tandro and is like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm late. I just got here though. That was that, that was a close one, huh? <laughs> it's like you stay here. And like Tandro can't hear because his his eardrums got got blown up. So you you stay here. I got this. You did so good. You are you're amazing. But I, I got this. I just like, oh dude, I, I can't wait. Like I cannot wait. I'm so excited for next episode to see how she how she fights this this like dragon and then also not only the dragon but like the demon itself i don't know what else the that uh that that, that demon has up its sleeve but uh very excited you know and it's it's funny because you know i meet a very popular character so far and then and in, in the like demon slayer fandom and i was always like i don't i don't get it you know i mean i understand the whole uh the like character design very very likable right but i don't really see her like aside from that if you're like oh just really like the design fair that's fair you know because there's other hashira that we haven't seen in battle we haven't seen them really interact too much at all and you can be a fan of those characters as well right so that's more than okay but other than that i'm just like other than the character design i don't really care about the character at all because i'm just like i don't we haven't seen her at all, but there's like this little bit we've seen. I mean, we've seen her, uh, you know, as I said from this, we've seen her a little bit in the beginning of the season, but like this, we're just, we're just we're fighting and like her small interaction and like how she like praised Tanjiro. Just like, oh, that, that's cool for her to be like, you did amazing. You're awesome. You did your work. Sit there. I got this. You know, it was really cool. And then again, just like her, her cool like whip sword thing and just how, how acrobatic she is through the air and everything is. Is really cool we've only seen a little bit of her fight so next episode very excited um yeah and you know i i wonder if we're gonna see tanjiro fight at all you know because i feel like he's he's pretty ragged i don't know that we you know um you know maybe you know we see a little bit more nezuko i could see that um muichiro is probably done i would you know i would say I, and also just from like a like story perspective i don't think we need to see any more of him you know i think we saw him and like that was you know that was what we needed so very excited <clears throat> next mobile suit gundam which for mercury season two episode eight um this one was a. Uh, this one was a. Uh, was rough this was definitely a rough episode <clears throat> Not the roughest. I don't think we'll ever get rougher than episode five. I think was the one where Selecta's world came crashing down. Um, but again, this is just this is real tough too. A lot of bad stuff. <laughs> um, so we have the whole Prospera stuff with the Gundams. That's very much hurting Gundarm Inc. You know, because it's like we're out here trying to say that Gundarm is supposed to help people. It is a it is a like medical company where we're creating these tools to help people right like our our big thing that we're pushing is is these legs right so kind of tough <laughs> kind of tough to sell this when we have gundams just wreaking havoc you know not a not a very easy thing to sell so now like gundarm is like going under um everyone there is worried right so that's very bad um then more of that gundam are just attacking the school 
um, just destroying everything. So now the school is. Don't know what's gonna happen with that. I guess I guess all the students get a get a little bit of a vacation because <laughs> the school looking uh, looking pretty worse for wear. Um, yeah, so that's that's terrible. Um, we. You know, and then we're pretty much in the, you know, in the thick of things. We, you know, we cut the ghoul, uh, ghoul's brother, I believe. I believe this is what happened. I'm a little bit confused here, but that's what I believe happened in this moment. Um, ghoul's brother heard that ghoul is the one that killed their dad. Is that true? I just don't really remember that. I thought, I thought ghoul's dad, oh yeah, ghoul's dad is dead. Right, because that was a big thing with a ghoul coming back and they were like, Hey, so you're, you know, they were like trying to be like, like tiptoe around it when like talking, like, you know, alert, like, uh, you know, telling Ghoul that, hey, your dad's dead. But Ghoul's already like, yeah, I, I know, I, I, I know. But is Ghoul the one that killed his own dad? Is that, is that, I just don't remember that. If it is true, that's tough because, you know, his brother obviously didn't know. So now how's that going to play into the whole relationship? You know, how, how's that going to play into Ghoul trying to like rebuild his, his father's company and like try to bring honor to it again you know how's you know how's how how's his brother going to react to this right that's tough um and speaking of ghoul just to wrap the the, the ghoul stuff um ghoul just rips up shadiq just rips him up because he's using a gundam i believe maybe i don't remember no i don't think he is but whatever just destroying it just like you think you got me no, 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 just, just tearing everybody up. So he, he's killing it. Unfortunately, optics doesn't look good because I, I think he is using a Gundam. Um, but optics don't look good because it doesn't add to the whole, or I guess in a way it adds to the whole, hey, Gundams are ruining, ruining everything today. <laughs> like news narrative, that's that's hitting. So yeah, not good. Um, a nice moment is that we have Nika who came back and is helping them. Um, probably not fully forgiven. At some point, we're gonna have like a probably a deep conversation, uh, you know, with uh, you know Nika having to explain herself. But uh, as for right now, coming back, you know, because I mean they they need her. You know, you know Nika is is the best uh, at the whole uh, machinery stuff. So they they need her. But love that she's back. You know, you know I'm glad that she. You know, hopefully she does. I mean, apologize for everything, and they do have a conversation, and hopefully they're able to forgive her, and hopefully she is, like, she's out-out. I mean, she she clearly has felt guilty about doing this for a long time, so, um, you know, you know, I don't think it's really on her in the sense of she's like, oh, I don't know if I want to come back. Like, in her mind, she's, like, wrestling with, like, oh, I don't know if I really want to. Like, no, she wants to, but, um, you know, she just couldn't up until now, so... Um, we have an emotional moment where Norea just got sniped, <laughs> you know, it seemed like maybe she was coming around, maybe the one, I don't remember the character's name, but maybe, you know, he was able to, you know, possibly going to be able to get through to her, um, stop her from acting so erratically, and then she just got sniped out of the air, so that's, oof, not good, um, and then at the very end, after all this death and destruction, <laughs> and just sadness, even more so, so let's see that Petra is dead? Question mark. We don't see them like haul off the body or anything, but she doesn't look alive. <laughs> which 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 is uh is never good. And you know, you know, it's scared to kinda of running with her and be like, Oh, you know, here's what I'm gonna do when we get out of here. What are you gonna do when you get out of here? 
and I just hear dad is like just a, 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 a huge blow to the to the heart right um, and so they're just dead at the end not physically but emotionally dead and she's just they find her and they're like oh we gotta do blah, blah, blah. and so they're just like I don't care about any of that help me <laughs> and she's just like moving all the rubble you know there's people that could still be under here just kind of moving on instinct at this point and you know all of their like earth house people are going to try to help her move the rubble save some people and um that it, you know that just paints a nice not nice accurate little picture as to where everyone's at you know um again you know not the most heartbreaking episode of the season obviously but one of just um uh hopelessness i'll say a very hopeless episode where it's just like it's all coming together in a way that the quote-unquote good guys do not want do not want everything kind of falling apart and at the very end you know like i said you know kind of you know paints a very accurate picture is because it's just to let the people being like this is all we can do you know this, this is all we can do to help um is us moving the rubble of our school supposed to be a safe place supposed to be a place of you know building the future um moving the rubble to possibly save people that are under there probably gonna find a lot of dead people so it sucks you know it's that thing where you try to look to the future and be like you know this this season um i mean this show is one of the ones that started a little late also had a couple delays so we're only on episode eight there's still what another probably like five episodes left um so we have you know a, a, a bit of runway for you know for the rest of the season but i don't know i mean I think the biggest question for me is Miorene. What is Miorene going to do as the uh, hopeful president of the group? What is she going to do? Is she going to stay there, try to get through to Prospera? Probably not going to work, right? Is she going to try to stay there? I, I, I don't think she's going to stay there. I don't think she's going to stay on Earth. I don't think there's anything she, she can do on Earth, really. Um, she's not going to get through to Prospera. Um, she's not going to get through to the people. She's not going to be able to get through to the Earth government. I think she's probably going to come back. I think her best bet is probably... I don't know. I will look for her to come back and talk to Suleta and the Earth House and try to maybe come up with a plan of some sort. I think a them all regrouping, like Lagool as well, right? I think them all regrouping is going to be their, their best bet to be like, let's all talk about what just happened. <laughs> let's all pull our knowledge of the situation and let's try to come up with a plan because this there's clearly been some some like puppet master type stuff that has been happening to all of us and so we need to come up with what is what are we going to do to it's just so tough you know you know except like they they are all kids they're all kids and 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 the adults have been playing them the whole time um it sucks so we'll see Next, we got Insomniacs After School, episode 9. Um, yeah, this episode was terrible. No, um, this episode was great. Um, 
let's see what happened. Oh, yeah, this is all like job thing. And um, yeah, then like working towards a training camp. So uh, the school approved the training camp, but they're not going to fund it. Um, I don't remember exactly why they just don't have the funds or if uh, it's just a new club. So they're like, eh, you haven't really proven yourself yet, which is a big thing, um, which is funny. I, <laughs> you know, you know, I feel like I know more about like the like anime club culture than I do about American clubs in real life. <laughs> um, do American clubs get funds from from the school from like well i'm thinking about like high school i don't really think they do i don't know they just have to like raise money right i think in college they do get funding of some sort anyway um but yeah they'll get funded so they gotta get jobs um nakami tries to get a job he fails the job interview which sucks uh but then shiromaru offers him a job which i think is perfect i think in hindsight that was like clearly the move I think he should have gone for at first where he's like I mean you guys know someone that help that actively helps out and has some passion and interest in your club that is the manager of a, of of a of a a uh yeah, I can't think of the word company I guess business that's the that's a better word business you know I mean it, uh, you know, I don't know I guess you know sometimes it is tough to ask people that you're close to for like a uh, big favor like that, but, you know, you, you should have just asked, you know, I feel like you, you should have just asked, so, yeah, able to make some money now, so that's going to be great to get their little training camp on, um, you know, another big event thing, you know, hopefully it goes much better than, than the meteor shower party, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's cool, um, Maguri is able to help out though, you know, cause Nakami is like, oh, you got like your, 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 your like, swim club stuff. So you got other stuff to worry about. I don't have anything going on other than the club. So, you know, I'm also like the president or whatever. So I'm the one that's going to take this on the shoulders. Right. Uh, but Maguri is able to help out cause she's like, Hey, my grandmother actually lives right around here, which is like fairly close to where they're going to hold the training camp. Um, and so that helps out because it's like, oh, if we can all kind of lodge there, That'll save us money on lodging, maybe even food, you know, travel expenses, all that stuff. So that'll that, that'll be a super big help. Um, it'll make it so much more possible for us to have this thing. So good stuff. Um, and that's just a nice little moment, too, for for Maguri. Again, we're getting into the whole like slice of life romance type, uh, you know, tropes. And it's like uh, one character helping out another character genuinely makes them feel good it's like oh yes i helped them you know he doesn't want me working because you know I, I got the club stuff but i was able to still help and contribute and uh it's great um and we have a nice little you know somewhat of a cliffhanger where Maguri's sister says that she's gonna tag along to the training camp which um two thoughts there one Maguri doesn't want that clearly you can tell that she doesn't want that um probably for different reasons i mean go along with my other thought where it's like we do see her on and off this episode she doesn't seem like a cool person <laughs> you know she kind of just like bosses Maguri around and sort of just like expects certain things and i'm just like ah, i don't i don't like that that is not a, a personality that i i vibe with um but then also like 
I'm sure she doesn't want her to see how close she is to Nakami, I guess. You know, some sort of embarrassment there. Um, and also, on the other hand, she doesn't want her sister to embarrass her in front of Nakami. You know, that, that sort of thing. And I'm sure that's on her mind. Um, but yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Um, again, only a few episodes or so left. So we're, we're closing in on this. Um, I don't know where this will end. I'm trying to think of that, where it's like other shows, you can kind of see where it's going to end, right? Like with Demon Slayer, it's like, okay, it's clearly going to end with um, them probably killing off this last demon. And then, you know, um, this I'm, trying, you know I'm trying to think of the end point where I'm like, you know, next episode could very well be them going to the training camp, you know? I'm like, okay, where, where does that, you know? Or it could not be. Or we can have a little more, uh, you know, nice little fluff, nice little journey next episode. I, I don't know. It'll be fun, though. So, uh, Next, Oshinoko, episode 8. Um, yeah. Good stuff. A lot of a lot of Akane and uh, Aqua this episode. Really building up their relationship. Um, so we have Akane acting as I. Very much flusters Aqua right um just throws him completely off balance right because she does a scarily good job <laughs> at uh at imitating i um she she did her research um akane likes aqua back right because like how flustered he gets and you know we don't really don't really think that aqua likes akane but aqua does really much very much like i so that kind of flusters him and kind of puts him in a position where it seems like, um, you know, he is maybe romantically interested in Akane. And then Akane is like, well, I mean, you know, if, if I mean, if that's how he feels and, you know, she so she gets flustered at, at, at that idea, which clearly indicates that she is into him as well. Um, so a little bit of a spark and some romance there. That's nice. Um, um, we have a, a, you know, nice little middle scene with Aqua playing catch with Kana, which is funny because, you know, we're having this, this little uh, love triangle thing that's happening where, uh, which, which is funny because, like, well, I guess not, but, um, you know, Aqua, or sorry, uh, Akane and Kana um, don't really know that they're battling each other. I mean, Kana is actively... <laughs> trying to get one over on Akane, right? Akane, I don't really knows about Kana at all, so she's just kind of shooting from the hip, you know, shooting from her heart. Um, you know, but you have a nice little, uh, you know, conversation here, which is funny because it's like, why are we playing catch? <laughs> it's so weird. Um, you know, but they do have a conversation and, and, you know, about like romance and about like, uh, you know, what they look for and everything. And, uh, it is very eye-opening, I feel like, because Kana, we clearly know, likes uh, Aqua. Um, she just doesn't... She's not able to, like, directly express that, you know, because if, if she did, she would just confess to him, right? Um, but she does have her own her own uh, hesitancy and, and and reservations about, about possibly what his feelings are or aren't. Um, she does like it, though, because, you know, he... He does mention that it's just purely a work relationship. So that kind of makes you like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's good. Um, so, yeah, good stuff there. Um, although, 
Aqua does think that he can use Akane, which is very, uh, on paper doesn't sound very good, very healthy, very genuine, not a, not a good guy type of thing to do, but he sees how crazy Akane went with researching I and like how well she has like her thought patterns down and her like, uh, her behavioral patterns down. And so he does some quick math in his head and he's like, Akane might be able to help me lead to all the answers to the questions that I have. She might be this like Sherlock Holmes type, <laughs> type character. And so in his mind, he's like, I can use her. I can, I, I, I can be with her and uh, she might be useful to me, which is always like a bad thing when it comes to love, right? Like this person can be useful to me. It's like, well, hold on. <laughs> that person genuinely likes you, maybe loves you. And all you're doing is like, she can be an asset. <laughs> so we'll see how this plays out. Uh, Cause let's go a little further where, um, you know, I, I do like when they have the conversation afterwards at the, the place that they're at, the restaurant or whatever that they're at, um, that he, he doesn't fully lie to her, which is nice because I was expecting, and again, uh, full transparency here. I have read the manga. I always like to mention that with any show just to, you know, don't want to fake anything and be like, Oh, wow, this is crazy. Um, so yeah, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't remember everything, right. Especially from here. Cause this is like towards the beginning of the manga. So whatever. Right. Um, but I was thinking, I was like, oh man, he's, he's probably gonna like, just like confess to her and like give off the aura that he, he's like in love with her or whatever, but he doesn't, he does admit like, no, I, I see this as more of like a work thing. That's gonna be beneficial to us as a, as like a work thing. Right. Um, but he does also say that I'm very interested in you as, as an actress, which isn't a lie. You know, I think it can be perceived in a way that isn't how he really feels, but it does help Akane feel good, um, which is very clever on his part to, like, say it that way. Um, but at the very least, I do like that he didn't fully lie and just be like, oh, yeah, I, I've I've liked you for a long time or whatever. It's like, no, he doesn't. He, you know, he, he doesn't really like you in a, in a romantic way, unfortunately. Um, you know. But they're going to keep along with it, which we'll see how that goes. Um, and we'll see exactly, you know, I, I'm interested to see how much, how far he's able to go with her with the whole, like, researching eye thing and, like, still keep information from her. Like, I don't know if he's ever going to be like, hey, so I had a past life <laughs> and I was reincarnated as I's baby, <laughs> but she was killed by, I believe my father and i need your help to help me i don't think he's ever gonna do that i think that would be crazy um but you know i wonder what information he's gonna give her to you know i i guess my question is i wonder how direct he's gonna be to get the information he wants because at a certain point you can only get so much help the amount of help you can get from someone can be um proportional to how much information you're able to give them so they can help you right so we'll see um and at the very end we have aqua recruiting uh memcho i believe that's how you say the name i don't know memcho 
um, because she just comes out and she's like, don't tell anyone, but I actually always wanted to be an idol, but YouTube just kind of took off and I'm just really good at it. Um, and then he's like, well, why don't you come be an idol? <laughs> and she's like, oh my God. <laughs> so I guess now we're going to have a third member. So that's pretty cool. I mean, as long as she actually goes through with it, which we don't know, you know, she might still be like, ah, oh, I don't know, you know, my YouTube thing, I don't know if it'll work. Um, I'm sure Ruby will be very happy to have another member. Um, honestly, deep down, I'm sure Kana will love to have another member too, because I feel like she is, she wants reassurance right like she more and more so she wants this to be real because it reassures her that she made a good decision because if this blows up in her face then she's like oh i should have never said yes i should have just kept doing with my my acting thing solely that but when more and more pieces get added to making b komachi real and valid then it's like oh it makes herself feel better like, oh okay maybe i made the right choice and saying kind of <laughs> putting acting on the back seat that I've worked out my whole life and being an idol. So we'll see. Good stuff though. Then lastly, we got Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible episode 10. Um, yeah, good stuff here. Um, again, just a nice slice of life show, man. Like, <laughs> you know, I feel like we're getting closer and closer to them, like maybe being like a thing, but who can say, you know? Um, we have a moment where they, uh, where they touch each other's hair. It's very nice. Um, again, the whole, like, physical touch thing, right? Like, that's, that's you know, it's obviously a, a step in the direction of romance, right? So that was cool. Um, uh, and then on top of that, Kubo made sure right she admit that he likes ponytails. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. Because she was like, hey, what's your, what, what's your favorite hairstyle in... Uh, what's your favorite hairstyle, right? And she's like, I, and he's trying to avoid the question, like, oh, I don't know. And then she just starts throwing out a bunch of hairstyles, and he's like, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. Um, and he's like, well, you know, uh, I know a lot of guys who like ponytails, so, and he's, and she's like, what about you? Is that what you like? <laughs> With her smug face. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, good to know. He's like, it is a little message like, Kubo will remember this. <laughs> you know, so I thought that was funny. Um, you know, he immediately bolts. Um, you know, because he, he's embarrassed, you know, whatever, right? But I like it, you know. It is, it is a very classic Kubo where, where she's like clearly fishing for information. Um, you know, something that Shiraishi likes. Um, so that, you know, she can do that to make him happy and make him like her, right? Um yeah that, 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 that whole little sequence was uh was very amusing um then they compare each other's heights very clearly sure she's taller but you know they compare each other's heights and whatever and you know it's all it all leads up to the moment where the whole, like ruler on the on the wall thing um is very reminiscent of of, of a classic anime wall pin where the, where the one character like um uh, the one character's, like, leaning against a wall. Another character kind of gets real close to them and, like, puts their hand there and gets real close. Um, very classic, like, romance trope uh, act, I guess. And so, you know, that was very reminiscent of that. 
um, you know, and then, you know, even afterwards, uh, you know, we see Kubo sitting down and, you know, stuff in the stairs and she's like, uh, you know, we got way closer than, you know, that I thought we were going to get, you know, which is, which is also a very funny thing about Kubo's character where she's the one who always kind of, um, incites all of these, uh, all these situations, um, you know, cause she, you know, she tries to, you know, tries to bring these things on to, you know, kind of mess with Shiraishi, um, you know, but also learn more things about him and like get closer to him. Right. Uh, but then a lot of times she realizes that, that she kind of went too far and she like, um, oh, this water is a lot deeper than I thought it was. <laughs> and she has a moment like this where she's like, you know, we're, we're, you know, she clearly knew, knew what she was doing, but then she, you know, she, she, you know, when she comes up for air, she's like, oh, we, we got way closer. We were way, we were physically way closer than I thought we were going to get. <laughs> um, you know, so that's, that's funny. Um, and then, uh, and then Kubo takes, uh, his track jacket, um, again, to kind of compare heights, but she takes the track jacket and, uh, the moment where she were, you know, she's like, oh, she overhears someone else wearing the boyfriend's track jacket. She's like, oh, it, it smells like him. And, and she's like, does, and as you could see her, the gears turning in her head, where she's like, does, does Shiraishi's track jacket smell like him? <laughs> Just so funny. Um, in the very end, we have, we have, uh, Seita, you know, Shiraishi's little brother buying Exo by himself, his first errand. He does it, he does it all flawlessly. Um, it's very cute. And again, very reminiscent of, uh, of Kubo's first, uh, first thing to buy eggs. Now she fell over, broke the eggs, very sad stuff. Um, but yeah, so, and then it also leaves off a nice little, um, foreshadowing possibly to the older sister being like, Hey, whenever Kubo cries, you just rub her head a little bit. She loves that. And then, and then, um, you know, she tells Shirashi that to like, Hey, you should, you should do that sometime. I'm counting on you. If she's ever sad for you to make her happy. And then again, just, just such a schemer, you know? And she goes to Kubo and is like, Ah, I'm sure, I'm sure you'd, you'd like it a lot more if, if, uh, what, what, what would she say? I'm sure you'd like it a lot more if, if the one you like, she just says like the one, the, the person you like, or like your crush or something like that. If, 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 if your crush is the one that, that, you know, that was rubbing your head and then she like has like a flash of, um, embarrassment and like, oh, wow, would you say that? Or no, that's not true. And then she immediately goes into like deep in thought of like, hmm, yeah, no, I'd, I agree. I would like that. <laughs> so, possible foreshadowing there. Maybe we'll get an episode, or you know, just a scene where um, Kubo is sad for some reason. Either she feigns sadness, or she's legitimately sad about something. And uh, you know, Shirai, she has to kind of, uh, you know, very uh, unsure of what to do. And then we see the flashback. <laughs> to be like oh if you pat her head <laughs> and then him like fighting with should i do it should i not do it i don't uh, you know so i'm sure we'll get something like that so um yeah good stuff though and that is it not another isekai for this week um yeah not much more to say i think good episodes all around like i said i'll say it every week until it's untrue but we are nearing the end um, some of these shows probably have two episodes left, um, with the max probably being like five. Um, but yeah, we're getting in there. Um, you know, look forward to very soon 
going to do, uh, I, mean, I mean, obviously just finishing up the shows, which is always nice uh, to see the end, the, the huge climax, right? Um, but also very soon, next season, right? We're going to do a preview episode, just like I always do, on the shows that I, at the time, plan on watching for the summer season. Um, and yeah, yeah, um, keep watching the shows, and also going to keep mentioning this as well, look into next season, you know, look into... Uh, the shows that you want to watch, let me know. You know, if there's ones that I should be watching, uh, tell me. <laughs> you know, so I can watch them. Um, and yeah, that is it. Until next time, watch my anime.